0: the nfl gambling podcast on the sports gambling podcast network presented by win bet win bet is now live in arizona colorado indiana louisiana michigan new jersey new york tennessee and virginia from Booster to same game parties to live in game odds win bet is what you need to win sign up today get a hundred dollar bet when you bet a hundred dollars at sports podcast.com slash win bet sports gambling slash w-y-n-n-b-e-t state restrictions apply we're also brought to you by the SGPN NFL Playoff Challenge: five hundred dollars in cash for and prizes up for grabs, exclusively on the SGPN app. I'm just about that action, boss. You have to be kidding me! That is impossible. I'm raising the Playoff football is back. You know me, know the voice of the guy. It's me, really, real villain, real Terrell firm Jr. At your service, and we are here breaking down the Saturday Super Wild. Like it's crazy. They turn Wild Card Weekend into Super Wild Card Weekend. It sounds like an anime where they just add the word "Super" in front of everything, and it's automatically better. Got my guy Scott Studio Russia. Scott, what's going on?
1: Yeah, it sounds a bit like SpongeBob. Super weenie Hut Junior. Yeah, it's nice to be back, going through the <laughs> NFL. Uh, but it should be fun. Uh, definitely an interesting group of teams here. Uh, just going through the actual schedule. Of course, we're only doing the Saturday games, so we're gonna have some new faces with Trevor Lawrence and Justin Herbert both making their uh postseason debuts. And then for the other game, you have Geno Smith who. I don't believe he's ever made the playoffs. So I'm trying to think yeah, if he I'm did as a sure. backup. This is
0: all the four of these quarterbacks' first playoff game.
1: Yeah, I think it is, too. Of course, with Purdy, you know, being a rookie and all. But an interesting group because of it. Should be fun. Uh, one of these games is projected to be close. The other game, not so much. We're going to break it down either way. Same format as last week. We're going to do a DFS lineup involving two games. Give our... Super wild card Weekend uh, Extravaganza, however you want to call it, DFS lineup there with some props as well. Should be fun. Unfortunately for you, we're not covering the Giants, so you're gonna have to potentially do that on another show, but not for this one. Yeah, no,
0: I and you know maybe somebody will be bolting up to ask me to come on and talk about the Giants. We'll know. We'll see towards later, the later end of the week if anybody makes that decision. But to focus on these four teams. And just what's all in front of them. I want to get your take on this before we go forward. Between these four teams, the Seahawks, the 49ers, the Jaguars, and the Chargers. And looking at their prices to win the Super Bowl. You have 49ers at 15-1. You have the Chargers at 28-1. to You have the Seahawks. At 80 to 1 and you have the Jaguars at 110 to 1. Is anybody tickle your fancy there in a future market of any kind before we even break down the games?
1: Well, you're talking about the preseason
0: odds? No, not pre well. I don't know. That oh is this preseason odds? Because the
1: Niners pre-season? right now are like five to one and like whatever. That, that's why those are preseason. Yeah, that was those wrong odds. That's why Jacksonville was like a hundred plus to one. Shout out to them though for getting here.
0: Yeah, yeah. So if you're sitting on a preseason ticket, that's what they were preseason. So Yeah,
1: I have the odds in front. Uh of course, you could probably find better odds if you shop around, but I see the Niners at 5 to 1. I see the C- uh I see the Seahawks at 70 to 1. I see the Chargers at 20 and I see the Jaguars at 50. I think the AFC is too top heavy for me to consider taking the Chargers or the Jaguars. The Chargers I'd consider ironically, if they had like Doug Peterson as their coach, <laughs> but I'm not going to pick Staley to win a Super Bowl with him having to outlast the Chiefs, the Bengals, and the Bills. I don't see that happening, so I'm not picking the Chargers. The Jaguars, I'm not picking either. I like what they've done. They also ended up winning the one of the weakest divisions in all of football, and defensively, I don't think they're good enough, so I'm not going to pick either of them. The Niners are actually my pick to win the Super Bowl, so... I guess I don't I don't think there's much value potentially at five to one because just because I'm picking it to happen doesn't mean that the odds are definitely fair or even just a good deal. I, I'm not sure five to one's a good deal or not. You still have to travel most likely to Philly at some point, and that could always be a bit of a doozy.
0: Mm, uh, I think it'd be. I think
1: it'd be all right. I think they'll be fine, too. But I'm just saying. No, I mean,
0: like, all right, as in like they're not going to have to travel to Philly. I think. Philly.
1: Oh, OK. Uh, but, well, you think the Giants might beat Philly. Fair enough. But still, I do think that the Niners are are going to be the best choice for me out of those four teams just because I have them winning the Super Bowl. So I can't really go against them. But Seattle, it's 70-1. to They're another fun story. Mm-hmm. I, I really put them with Jacksonville. The only difference is that they're in the weaker conference. But both teams are fun. Nobody thought they'd be here Defensively, they're not great. Offensively, they've been a pleasant surprise. I don't think Seattle's got a shot to make a deep run here. And I think Jacksonville has a better shot, but there's so many good teams at the top of the AFC. I think my only pick out of those four is going to be San Francisco, because I do think when it comes to overall talent on a roster, I think they're the most talented team in all of football.
0: Yeah, I think for me it's San Francisco and the Seahawks. I'm I'm not looking in the AFC's way just because how top again, like you said, how top heavy it is. I truly think that it's Mahomes and Allen and yeah, and let's Burrow. Throw Burrow in there. Yeah, yeah, let's throw Burrow in there. I think it's those three and everybody else. So I like the Seahawks just because I've liked their defense. I still don't think that this is a Nick Foles situation where a backup quarterback takes them all the way, but I think the better future that I like. And that I would probably place is I probably place a future on both of these two teams uh, to at the very least make the NFC uh, win as the NFC championship winner. That's what I'm trying to say. As the winner of the NFC championship, that's 31 to one for the Seahawks. And that is two to one for the 49ers. And it's just more of get to get me to the game. If you get me to the game, then I feel like I have one side. If it's the 49ers, there's a good chance that that's probably not going to be a two to one dog, no matter who they play. Yeah. Whereas if I have the Seahawks, then I have a perfect hedge opportunity against whoever else it is. Because if you look at this, the winner of this game, more than likely, unless it's Seattle, if it's Seattle, they have a trip to Philly. But if it's the 49ers, more than likely, they're going to have a date with either Tampa Bay or Dallas. And I like their chances in that game. So. Uh, if I can get an NFC championship ticket on either one of those two teams and one side just makes it to the game, I feel instantly better about my chances. So,
1: I'm going to give Philly like. a little bit more credit than you. I think Philly's got a decent shot to actually make it to the NFC title game. Yeah, but, but... that's
0: on a, they're on a different side of the bracket. Well, at least with the 49ers, there's no running into Philly before the championship game. Oh, no,
1: not at all. Uh, I, I'm just saying I think Philly is – a. I think they got a pretty good shot to have a home game in the NFC title game. The only difference is I I don't like how Philly ended the season. They had a couple injuries here and there. They really didn't look good against the Giants either in Week 18. They took their foot off the gas, and the game got competitive late. But I still like the Niners in that game. Philly fans, including Sean, if you listen to the show, I know he's going to be mad at what I'm about to say. Am I wrong for still being skeptical of – I don't want to say Jalen Hurts, but the current – Situation with the offense, with Hertz's lack of playoff resume, the shoulder concern, and also Sirianni's lack of playoff resume, and Elaine Johnson now being injured. They really have a lot of question marks, and I don't like how they answered some of those questions in the final couple games.
0: I just, I have I'm not buying any stock in the Philly. Like, I'm not buying any stock in the Philly. I think that there's a good chance that Philly could be one and done in the playoffs just because of the fact that you're going in with a quarterback that's played one game out of four. Out, yeah. of, out of a month, he's played one football game, and that was last week. So, I mean, I, I don't like that. And you're missing your right tackle, your all-pro, all-world, future Hall of Famer right tackle. Like. He's
1: expected to play, but I don't know at what strength he's going to be at because he clearly needs surgery. So, he might be at, like, 30-something percent If health. they
0: put him out there, it's because they're desperate.
1: Well, yeah, they are. But the I believe the initial plan for Philly was make sure Lane does not play the final two games take the buy, assuming they would get it, and they did. And then he would play severely compromised moving forward. I think that's the plan. They're going to stick with it. But I've also been a little bit low on Philly in the power rankings that we share. Now I know that we don't link our individual power rankings, and it's all kind of collective or cumulative. I've had Philly lower than most people just because I acknowledge the fact that they've had one of the easiest schedules in all of football. They've been favored in what, like 17 of 18 games? And the one exception yeah. was Minchu being injured against Dallas. They've been yeah, favored in like yeah. every game this season.
0: Yeah, yeah, I just, I'm not, I, I'm not a believer. I think that, that, that this is a prime team that gets the one seed, similar to, to the Titans of last year, where they get the one seed, everybody thinks they're really good, and then they come into that first game and they get destroyed. Well, not destroyed, but they don't come out as a win. Like, that's what I see for Philly. Mm-hmm. And that's why it makes me feel – like, I feel comfortable – all right, we're going to get to the game breakdown, like, really, in two seconds. Let me say this last thing. I feel comfortable with Pete Carroll taking Geno Smith on a run.
1: The one concern I I have with with Seattle, uh, in addition to the issues I have with the run defense against the Niners in the first game, which is potentially a disaster. We'll get into that in a little bit. You compared it to Foles or maybe the situation there – People forget that Philly still had a bunch of home games. They had home field throughout the entire playoffs, so they were able to rely on the home crowd, which resulted in that beatdown against Case Keenum in Minnesota, which feels like so long ago in the NFC title game. Seattle is known for their 12th man home field, and they're not going to have that at any point in the playoffs. I think that's really the deal breaker for me. People can mention Foles or some Cinderella quarterbacks who can lead a team. Having a home game or two in the playoffs definitely helps ease the nerves, especially when your home field is as big of a deal as Seattle's is, and they don't have any home games. I I don't think they're going to be capable of going on the road several times over and beating some elite teams or very good teams. So I'm a little bit out on Seattle, but once again, you mentioned it's 31 to 1. I'm not going to roast you for taking a serious long shot.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's get straight into our first game. We have the Seattle Seahawks going to play the San Francisco 49ers total. Well, the line is set at minus nine and a half for the San Francisco 49ers total set at 42 and a half. Weather in the Bay looks like it's going to be rain. 14 mile per hour winds, 56 degrees injury report. I see Marquise Goodwin not playing for the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, let me see if I can find anything else because that didn't really have
1: anything. There are rumors that maybe Eskridge would come back, but it seems unlikely, and he didn't have much of a role in the offense anyway. So you're probably looking at Treadwell as the third wide receiver for Seattle. Yeah, uh, let's see here. We have
0: trying to see Noah Fant didn't participate in practice. I got to assume DJ he's in Dallas. Didn't pla- participate in practice. Uh, let's see here. Bruce Irving was limited in practice. Phil Haynes did not part- participate in practice. Tariq Woolen did participate, full participant. Kenneth Walker was a full participant. Tyler Lockett was a full participant. Let's see here. Nick Bosa didn't participate in practice. It's still early, so it's kind of hard to give you. An we accurate. know he's going to play
1: anyway. Like yeah. it, it's it's playoff. It's really just you know a matter of sucking it up if you're injured. Babosa with his injury history, I'm not surprised the Niners are going to give the eventual Defensive Player of the Year award winner some extra time to heal. He's not missing the game. I mean, that's not a question. Same thing with McCaffrey, who's like questionable, but you know he's obviously yeah. going to play. McCaffrey, Armstead, Greenlaw, and Kenlaw all
0: limited. You can all you can barely. Like, I think everybody's going to play.
1: Of course. Uh, they're just like, buying them extra rest time. Why would you make your best players practice and potentially re-aggravate something when you don't need them to?
0: All right. San Francisco 49ers swept the series this season, 27-7 in San Francisco back in September. And that was the game that they lost Jimmy Garoppolo. Not Jimmy Garoppolo. They lost Trey Lance, and Jimmy Garoppolo came in. Won the game. Next game was in December, 21-13 in Seattle.
1: That was a Thursday night game.
0: Yep. I mean, you're getting nine and a half here. Are you laying nine and a half in a playoff game?
1: Uh, I I think I am, to be honest. I've been so high on this Niners team for so long. (laughs) And when Purdy really showed that he's fully capable of leading this offense or not just totally messing it up, they're my pick to win the Super Bowl. Like, I think that they're the most all around, the best all around team in the league. And I don't really think it's that close. I think there's flaws with a bunch of teams in the league, and the Niners really don't have many besides Purdy. And you're wondering if he's going to blink at some point and potentially fall apart. I think the Niners are constructed to perfectly demolish Seattle. And the problem that I really have involves the offensive and defensive lines. You mentioned that Irvin's banged up for Seattle, but in general, Seattle's defensive line, not great, which is a big reason why teams have run it down their throats all season long. The Niners won the game on Thursday night by eight. They were up double digits for pretty much the entire second half. And then Seattle had a quote unquote garbage time touchdown there on the final drive. But Seattle, I think, entered the red zone one time in the entire game. They did not enter the red zone for the first 56 minutes of the game. It's the 49ers dominated. They also had a pick six that got called back on a rough in the passer call, which was controversial, which I disagreed with. But mm-hmm. this game that could that game could have been a lot uglier. And the Niners had a lead. They decided to take it easy and try to run it down their throats and just milk the lead as much as they could. And as a result, they ended up winning by eight. The Niners at home, I think, are, of course, really good at home. I mean, it cannot be overstated how good they are at home. But I think the defense is great. The Seattle's offense has really struggled the last month or so. And scoring 16 in regulation against the Rams doesn't exactly instill much confidence. Gino could throw a couple of picks in this one. The Niners, I just think, are so good. I understand the argument. It's the third time this season that they've played against each other. They're division rivals, obviously, and you don't really want to lay roughly double digits in the third meeting. But I think I have to. Like, I really just think Seattle is not very good. And props to them for getting in. They did what they had to do. They got a little bit of luck there with the Lions beating Green Bay. But the Niners are just a machine in my eyes. And I think they're going to run it down their throat. And Purdy's built a lot of confidence recently. And even Shanahan's built confidence in relying on Purdy. Samuel's back as well. They're basically fully healthy offensively. Even got Elijah Mitchell back last week. The Niners are just such a good team. And I get you can make an argument that San Francisco might just take another lead, coast again, and win by like seven. But I'm going to ask you this. Do you think the Niners are perfectly built to be Seattle's kryptonite? Because it really feels that way. Uh, it feels like they're built so perfectly to exploit I, I every really, I, issue. Seattle. I has. I don't want to say
0: built to be Seattle's kryptonite. I just think they're a really good team. Like they I, excel I, in I areas that Seattle be, struggles. In. I think they're built to be a lot of teams kryptonite because they play really, really good defense. The secondary is all world. They are able to rush the passer. you go in the offensive side of the ball. They have, they've have their identity of running the ball, like good defense and running the ball. That's a staple for any good team. And now, They've been getting some consistent quarterback play where the quarterback hasn't been losing them games. And mm-hmm. so I think that it's the same. It looks like the same identity that this team had last time they made their super bowl run, which is why I think that they're they're good. I think they're gonna make a run in this one. But to the tune of nine and a half in a playoff game against Pete Carroll, I, I, I don't know, man. Pete Carroll took Russell Wilson to the Super Bowl, like that. That I feel like that has to go in there somewhere and i feel like this is a spot that he gets his guys up for like well uh, um, i think okay, everybody hang, hang knows. on a second hang
1: on a second I, i'm gonna have to stop you there for a second when you say pete carroll took russell wilson to the super bowl what does that mean because russell wilson was a top 10 quarterback in the league for like a decade mm, no it means that he sucks now he does, all,
0: and that we were all we were all confused by the glitz and the glamour. And it was, I really I know bad. what I
1: watched I was with, with Seattle. Russell Wilson was easily a top five quarterback in the league. But like I, I, I'm gonna the push point back that there. I'm making,
0: but, the point that I'm making though is the fact that Pete Carroll is a great coach. Like he is, yeah. he is a good coach. Yeah. And so, do I think that he's going to sit here and let his team get blown out in their in their first playoff game as a seven seed going to play a division rival in the rain? I, I don't think so. Like I don't think so. I think that the defense is going to be opportunistic as they've been all season, they've uh, almost averaged an interception per game. And I think that this is a spot where the defense steps up a secondary that is very underrated and actually has some playmakers and been making plays throughout the course of the season. I think that they get up for this game. I don't know. I, th- I just think nine and a half is too much. I'm taking the nine and a half with Seattle.
1: My favorite play is the under 42 and a half just for the record, yeah. but I don't think yeah. Seattle does anything. And you talk about the weather there's wind and rain, We're both going to say that favors the Niners, correct? Because they want to run the ball anyway. They have the best run defense in the league or technically Tennessee, but they're neck and neck for one and two. Yeah,
0: Yeah, I think that, but it also offers Seattle what they prefer to do. And you know, Pete Carroll is always going to run the ball like, well, except on the goal line, but he's always going to try to give his running back such as touch, touch after touch after touch. And I think that Kenneth Walker can exploit the 49ers defense a little bit. Like, I think you give them enough touches and it gets going that this can be one of those grinded out. Both of these two teams are struggling to get points over the course of the entire game type of game. And nobody really has a double digit lead. It may not feel like the 49ers are ever going to lose the game, but when you look at the scoreboard, it's never like they pull away either. That's how I see this game going where the whole game you're sitting here and you're watching, you're like, Oh, the 49ers are going to win in the end and they probably do. But it's not to the tune of over 10 points.
1: <laughs> I think that the two main plays that I like, even though I do like the Niners minus nine and a half, I'm a big fan of Seattle team total under 16 and a half. The number's too high. They've scored less than 14 points in each of the two games of the regular season. The weather is going to suck. And we know the Niners are great against the run. I'm not exactly sure how Seattle's going to consistently move the ball. Once again, they only reach the red zone one time. In a home game against the Niners about a month ago, I think 16 and that's way too high for a team total. Do you agree on that? Not really. I think it's I think it's fine. I don't I don't think I don't think it's
0: I think it's high just because I think it's a low total, but I don't think it's high because I just think that the C- Seahawks as a team get up for this game. Like I do not think that they go in here for a third time and lay down to this team. I think they get up for this game. I think this is a lot closer of a game than people expect.
1: I really see like a 23-10 type game. I'm not sure Seattle scores more than a touchdown. I'm not even sure they score a touchdown in this game. But I think the Niners at home, bad weather is going to help the physical team. The Niners are more physical than the than the Seahawks, at least in my eyes. And the Niners might be the most physical team in all football. Give me an ugly game, 24-10, to 23-10. But I do like the under. The bad weather really sells the under for me as my favorite play. Mm,
0: I'm thinking more of like 17-10.
1: Okay. Point is, we both still really like the under. Yeah, yeah, I'm one under.
0: All right. Uh, let's see here. Let's move on to. Let's just go ahead and talk about first touchdown in this game.
1: Okay. First touchdown. Uh, what you got? So I got four choices here. Uh, I got three for the Niners and one for the Seahawks. I thought about doing all four Niners, but I decided not to be that rude to Seattle. So first touchdown, I'm to gonna go with Ayuk at ten to one. He's been a constant target in the red zone, and I do think that he could. He's he's been one of one of uh, Purdy's favorite targets in the red zone. Kittle gets all the publicity because he's had like seven touchdowns in the last four games, but Ioke's definitely been involved in the red zone. My favorite play for first touchdowns: Elijah Mitchell at fourteen to one. The Niners have always tried to get physical running backs touches on the goal line, and you're looking at McCaffrey and how he had to embrace that role. But we even saw Jordan Mason. Uh, get a lot of red zone work there with McCaffrey uh, and them kind of splitting touches. Mitchell had a touchdown last week. He's constantly used in the red zone, which annoyed me as a McCaffrey fantasy owner. And then Mitchell got hurt. So I didn't have to worry about it, but 14 to one for Mitchell. I think Mitchell's going to get a decent amount of run in this game. He looked good. He only played 10 snaps last week, but he had five carries for 55 yards and a touchdown. He looked good. I think Mitchell at 14 to one is worth a look as well. Uh, I got Juwan Jennings at twenty-eight to one. Another big body receiver. I'm trying to pivot off of Kittle and Samuel and McCaffrey. So I'll give me Jennings at twenty-eight to one. And my one Seahawks going to be Tyler Lockett at sixteen to one.
0: All right.
1: Do we overlap yes. on any of those?
0: Uh, not really. Okay. I'm going both defenses. Give me San Francisco at twenty-six to one, and I will take. Seattle at 40 to 1.
1: For clarification, are you including special teams or you're only going defense? Uh these these prices did not have special teams okay. up
0: there. Uh let's see here. So I got both defenses. I'm going to go with
1: where's my guy? Uh Kyle Kyle. What who, did you say Seattle's defense was? 40 to 1. I found 50 to 1, including the special teams. Yeah, I will
0: take that. And okay. chances of special teams. I just, I think that you're giving Brock Purdy a rookie in a playoff game a little bit too much credit. Just a little too much credit, laying laying that many points, and that he won't make a mistake in probably at this point the biggest game that he's ever played in in his career.
1: Like, I mean, it's it's fifty to one, including the special teams. I mean, that, that's yeah. pretty tough to really you know go against there. Same price as Geno, by the way. Geno is fifty to one. Kyle Juzik, forty three to one. Okay. And yeah, Gino was
0: my last one. Right. Gino was going to be my last one at 50 to 1. I just. I I really like Seattle for first touchdown because I really feel like all these prices are inflated.
1: And we saw Arizona score the first touchdown against San Francisco last week. It was a trick play. It was a yeah. fancy play to AJ Green, but you never know.
0: But, but I just, I, I'm just sitting here and I'm thinking, okay, I have. Both of these coaches have playoff pedigree, but. I can see a situation where Seattle goes up the first drive, gets a touchdown, and then
1: the Niners settle in.
0: A, yeah, settle yeah. in on defense, lock in. And I think I don't know. I think I like Seattle players' first touchdown a little bit more than uh, 49ers players, just because of that. And plus, Purdy again. I know they're probably going to run the ball most of the time, but he's still a rookie. He's still you know a big moment, all that. Like it's going to take a little bit to settle down into the playoff game. All right. Before we get into the next game on the schedule, gotta talk to you about the official sportsbook of sports gambling podcast network. And that is Win Bet. WinBet. Bet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. You got so much ways to bet because you can do your regular pregame betting. You can live bet in game, and that's what I would recommend. Like, hey, if you're on C- on San Francisco, just watch and see what happens. We get in the game. Seattle may go up. You may be able to get easier, a lower number on San Francisco and really kill the books there. Same game, parlays, the win, build your own bet. You can use that all for the NFL playoffs, all playoffs long. So much choose all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash bet, where if you sign up today, you can receive a special offer, bet $100, get hundred dollars limited to state availability. That is sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Also, change terms and conditions at winbet.com. It's between your order and president of the state where play through winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. We're also brought to you by the SGP NFL Playoff Challenge. We've teamed up with Homage. For a playoff challenge, winner gets $300 cash and a $100 SGP and gift card and a hundred dollar homage gift card if you don't know who they are they make throwback gear like throwback nfl gear is super sick super dope check them out at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash homage for all contest details go to the sgpn app and hit contest all right let's talk about the next game on the slate we have The Los Angeles Chargers going to play the Jacksonville Jaguars. Minus two for the Chargers on the road. 47 and a half is the total. Looking here at what they were doing in practice today, we have Bryce Callahan was a full participant in practice for the Chargers. Mike Williams didn't participate. And that's the only non-participant, Joey Bosa. I know there were some questions about Joey Bosa last week. He was a full participant in practice. So, so far, the only person that looks like they could be in question is Mike Williams. Everybody else is a go. For the Jaguars, Brandon Sheriff, Jamal Agnew, both limited in practice. Trevor Lawrence was limited in practice, but I think that's just precautionary. Riley Patterson did not participate in practice. And long snapper, uh their long slapper didn't participate in practice too. I think that's just precautionary. They're gonna play practice later in the week and be able to go before the game. All right. This line opened up at two and a half. It's now down to two. I feel like we're about to see eye to eye on this game. Because I don't trust Brandon Staley. Of course not. I mean, I don't. This is so this is another rematch. Every game in the wildcard weekend, if you haven't realized, is a rematch from the regular season. Every single game. They played this game in Los Angeles, so it was basically a neutral site.
1: Herbert might have had several fractured ribs <laughs> during this game, but still, possibly, possibly. But thirty eight to ten,
0: Jacksonville, and Jacksonville was a dog of six and a half in that game. I remember being on Jacksonville. That it was game.
1: a road game. Like it was a it was a bloodbath. Yeah. I mean, I. I will give.
0: I'll give the Chargers this. In my opinion, Staley's coaching for his job. You can't lose to this team twice like this.
1: After he in, he injured Mike Williams and Kenneth Murray in a meaningless game in Week 18, Bosa he really too. should be coaching for Bosa his job. Too. Bosa too. I didn't even mention Bosa. Murray, Murray did yeah. get banged up last game, right? Yeah, yeah, okay, was, that's what I thought. Yeah, Murray
0: Bosa and Williams, and yeah. It, now, Murray and Bosa were both full participants, Williams didn't even practice. It's the so principle, I,
1: it's, not, it's I, not about the actual injury, it's about the principle. You used your starters in a game, says, and got them
0: hurt. Yeah, everybody says, you know, you should, everybody has a different take on it like, play your starters, don't play your starters, and every everybody's going to be on one side until the other, the worst thing happens. And the worst thing did happen. They lost a couple of starters in that last game. So I
1: think, I think Tampa basically did it right. You use Brady for a quarter and then you basically pull everyone. Like I think a quarter is fine. A half that's fine. He had Keenan Allen in the fourth quarter. Like what what are we doing here? Like what, what is, I don't know what the hell he was doing. Keenan Allen's catching touchdown passes from chase Daniel in the fourth quarter. What is happening?
0: Yeah, I, I have no idea what was going on there. I was actually kind of pissed because I was playing against Keenan Allen. Um, oh, that's week.
1: right. Did you win your fantasy league, by the way? I did win the Congrats. fantasy league.
0: I, I did. Thank you very much. I, so uh, two two fantasy league championships this year. won my dynasty league, won the Rashad Jennings fantasy league. So we're, we're, I'm currently trying to work with him and, one, get paid. Two, get him onto the podcast because that was the agreement that we set out. If I won the league, uh. Back to this game, man. I understand. I understand that, you know, we talk about AFC South Force Division and football, all that. I don't think these two teams are on that far different sides of the spectrum. I don't think the Chargers are good. I've been vocal that I don't think the Chargers are good. I think that they are decently to subpar coached. He makes very questionable decisions at very key points in the game. And I think that ultimately probably is what does them in here. The defense is not good. They've been banged up all year. This ha- didn't get any better last week, So, but banged up all year. And, I mean, why do I not think that this is just going to be a crazy shootout?
1: I, I'm leaning to the over as well. Uh, the only other argument would be the Chargers really don't let Herbert throw the ball downfield ever. So offensively, they might just struggle a bit if Williams is banged up and they have to kind of nickel yeah. and dime it down the field. But, Keenan, yeah, but Keenan's looks very know, good. That
0: He's going to get like 50 attempts.
1: He should, uh, especially since Jacksonville's secondary is not very good. And Keenan's been cooking. I think he might be in line for a big game. Eckler as well in the passing game. I like the over as well. I thought we would see eye to eye on this game. We do. I got to like Jacksonville here. Besides the fact that the Chargers we don't trust, you're going to give me plus money with a home team against Brandon Staley. Like, I just... I, a home I don't know. team?
0: They have to go cross. First of all, they're on a short week. Let's not forget that. They are actually... They are losing a day this week because they yeah, the Jaguars Sunday. are not. Yeah, Jaguars yeah. played last Saturday. Jaguars got a full week of preparation. The, the Chargers lost a day. Not only did they lose a the day, but they had to travel cross-country. I mean, I situationally, it doesn't look good. X's and O's, I think that they're more comparable than not. I mean...
1: I like Peterson Justin, more than Staley. That's a given.
0: Yeah, yeah. So coaching is goes to Jacksonville. X's and O's, they may be neck and neck. I Maybe Justin Herbert is better than Trevor Lawrence.
1: I think he is, but Lawrence has definitely shown that the gap isn't as big as it was like five months ago. I think Lawrence plus Peterson
0: equals Justin Herbert and where he's at now. I don't think that that... I think Lawrence without Peterson, yeah, Herbert is exactly... I think it's a lot closer of a call without with Doug Peterson's been treating Lawrence this year. And we know... How he takes quarterbacks on a run in a playoff. I I, I just sit here and I'm looking at this L.A. team and I'm like, what do they necessarily do way better than Jacksonville? They don't cover that well. They don't. They definitely don't stop the run. They're one of the worst teams against the run.
1: And Jacksonville's pass rush has actually gone. Jacksonville's pass rush has been a lot better over the last month. So they've done a pretty good job of pressuring opposing quarterbacks. I, I mean, think... they lost
0: their. They lost what two offensive tackles over the course of this year, including one that was a first round pick. Like, I don't know. I, I I just think that this, in a fully, fully healed, I I think there is a gap. But I think that the books, and I think that a lot of people are still valuing this Chargers team like they're going out there, putting out everybody that they should have started the season with, and they're not.
1: Yeah. I'm also going to read off the last couple of weeks here for the Chargers, and you tell me which result impresses you. Uh, they beat the Cardinals on the road by one on a two-point conversion in the final minute of the game. They lost to the Raiders on the road. They beat the Dolphins at home on that Sunday night game where 2-0 was like one for 11 to start the game, and they won that game by six. Beat Tennessee by three at home, 17-14. to Beat Nick Foles 20-3 to on Monday Night Football beat Baker Mayfield and the Rams by 21 and lost to the Broncos on the road by three. Any of those games impress you over the past month and a half? No, the Miami game, maybe because Tua was healthy. Maybe even that's a bit of a stretch. They haven't, they haven't beaten any good teams. And even Miami was falling apart down the stretch. Like the chargers team, they did win four or five to the end of the year. Tennessee lost a bunch of games in a row. The Colts were a meme. The Rams were awful. And the Broncos they lost to. Like, I don't I don't like the current form of the Chargers. Jacksonville's one five straight. They've been some good teams. They beat Dallas. That was a nice win. They've been good at home. I think this game's basically a coin flip, as we said before. Give me the home team plus money with the better coach. I think that's a great deal. So give me Jacksonville plus one ten. And I like the over as well. Yeah, I'm all over Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. And I I feel like I have to be on over.
0: I just <laughs> excuse me. I think just Jacksonville gets out in front and the Chargers are going to have to battle back in this game. And at that point, it'll be a coin toss that the Chargers actually find a way to get it done or not. But I, I don't see the Chargers settling in after a short week on the road cross country. Literally, probably the farthest distance you can get cross country. Like you're going literally from one coast to another.
1: Well, I'm not sure what exactly they did. Did they fly back to L.A. and then go to Jacksonville or did they go straight? No, you had to. They have, well, I don't know what they did, but I'm not sure what they, they did either. LA. I'm assuming. They I'm assuming back. they went back to LA too, but I'm just yeah. curious. All right, first touchdown. You want me to go first? Or do you want to go first? Uh, you could kick us off. All right. So this one, I went two and two. I went three and one for the Niners last time. Now I'll go two a piece because I do think it's kind of a straight up coin flip. Who's going to score first? I got Kirk at ten to one. I can't really say no. He was phenomenal in the must win game against Tennessee. He's been their best receiver the entire season. 10 to 1, I think, is a good price for easily the number one wide receiver on this roster. I got Marvin Jones at 19 to 1 as my other Jacksonville guy. I thought about ETN. It was cheap. Casey doesn't get enough work. Thought about maybe Lawrence, but nah. I didn't want to pick Zay Jones because he's been a total non factor for the last couple of weeks. Marvin Jones hasn't really been that involved, but he's got playoff experience. And we know they're not afraid to throw him a jump ball or so in the red zone. So, or a jump ball or two. So, I'm going to go with Marvin Jones at 19 to one. My other one for, well, my two for the Chargers are going to be Mike Evans at 11 to one. I just like 11 to one. I think it's a good price for another jump ball receiver who might get some red zone work. If and I'm going to take plays. Gerald Everett. But what'd you say? If he even plays. If he plays. If, if he doesn't, I think he's going to play because the line kind of boomeranged. It was at two and a half. Then it went to pick him. Then it went back to two and a half. So it does seem like the injury report news has been favorable to the Chargers for the last couple of days. I think Williams is going to play. If he doesn't, I'll pivot to Josh Palmer, but I'll take Williams for now. And Gerald Everett's my last one at 18 to one. He scored a touchdown each of the last two games. Jacksonville really not good against tight ends. We saw a score the first touchdown on Saturday uh, in the last game. So for me, I think at the end of the day, Akunkwu really showed that Jacksonville can have some problems covering tight ends, and you're looking at a spot where Everett might not be that big of a threat offensively because Parnum's gotten a little bit more run the last couple of weeks, uh, but I do think Everett, for a guy who can be a good red zone threat, big body option, and Jacksonville's linebackers not great in coverage against tight ends. I think Everett's a very good price. Once again, a guy that scored a touchdown each of the last two games is 18 to 1 to score the first touchdown. I'll take Gerald Everett.
0: Yeah, I have Everett. So, I think we we can go there. I have Everett as well.
1: I, I didn't Everett. take Ingram this time, so you won't be mad at me.
0: Thank you for the yep. respect that you know that you showed there cuz that was very I don't know. I just feel like I would have lost all my bets if you said Evan Ingram's name.
1: Ingram before. burned me uh, on the Saturday game. I had him with the yards, and that didn't work out either. So he's back I in the dog. I did cash
0: game. that Okongwu, though. I did yeah. cash Okongwu last Was oh, that 25? I forgot to
1: mention it. Yeah,
0: it was 25-1. to Yeah, very, very good cash there. All right. Let's keep it two in a row. So, yeah, Everett and Herbert, 34-1. to I think I see for Herbert. Okay. Trevor Lawrence, 18-1. And let's
1: go to for my last one. I wanted a serious long shot, and I thought maybe Parnum for the Chargers, but I didn't. I didn't end up taking him. I'm gonna go Jacksonville's defense for the okay. last one. They've been very good, at, especially at scoring touchdowns recently against the yeah, Cowboys, just, against the Titans. So with. I'm not one. I I truly do think
0: that Herbert is good for a pick six. Even Houston, but, by
1: the way, Rose. They scored a touchdown against Houston too. Yeah, but I think that they they get home. That like that pass
0: rush, mm-hmm. as you said earlier, that pass rush has been really really good recently. And so I think they could get home in this game. And I think that there's an opportunity for them to scoop and score or anything like that. At least put pressure on the Chargers. Like that's how they want to come out with the game. That's how they want to start intensity. They want to put. The Chargers in a bad spot, especially with the defense stepping up because this is the 30th ranked pass DVOA defense. They got to find a way to create turnovers and get them out of rhythm. So, yeah, I think Jacksonville defense at 30 to one, whatever it is, plus special teams. I think that's a pretty good look.
1: Yeah. Uh, What was the price? You said
0: I see 31 to one with no special teams.
1: Uh, I see 30 to one with special teams. I think you yes. should take the special teams because Agnew is yeah, a monster. Yeah, you get
0: Agnew. Yeah, yeah, then you get Agnew. Like, if this game started and Agnew took something back, nobody would be surprised.
1: Yeah, most returners don't really mean anything at this point because most teams take touchbacks. Agnew is a monster.
0: All right, let's get into our props. Three props for the two games. I'll kick things off with going back to the first game. Going to the quarterback position, I'm getting plus money, so I'm going to take it. Give me Brock Perry, throw an interception at plus 112.
1: Okay. I mean, plus money, I'm not going to argue. <laughs> first playoff start, I don't mind that. Yeah,
0: first playoff start. We have a Seattle defense that, like I said earlier, averages almost an interception per game. In the past three games, they averaged actually an interception per game.
1: And Woolen's going to play, so that helps. Yeah,
0: so one of their better corners is going to be active for the game. He was a full participant in today's practice time of recording on Wednesday. So I'm expecting to see three full participants as the week goes on, see him out there. And I think that it's a spot where if Seattle's run defense can step up, they can absolutely put pressure on Brock Purdy here. Like they could absolutely put pressure. I expect to see them get home. I expect to see them dial up a blitz, trying to get Purdy off his spot, off his game, off his rhythm. Anything put the rookie in a bad
1: situation. So,
0: yeah, I like Seattle's defense to step up over the entirety of the game. I'm getting plus money for Purdy to throw one interception. I like it.
1: Yeah. Uh. So I actually have the quarterback in the same game. The other one. Uh, But it is a minus price. It's a pretty hefty minus, but I like it. It's Geno interception at minus 150. He's had at least one interception in five of the last seven games. He threw one interception in each of the two regular season meetings against San Francisco. There's a Mm -hmm. caveat, though. The interception in the second one, the pick six, was overturned because of a controversial roughing the passer penalty which I might be salty about because I had the Niners defense touchdown uh, on the Thursday night show with you. So I'm a bit salty on that one. But the point is he threw a pick. It didn't count, but he still threw one. Uh, Niners defense have been very good as well at forcing interceptions. They're forcing 1.2 interceptions per game, which is tied for the first, which is tied for first in the league. Even though you think Seattle covers and I don't, we still think the Niners should have a pretty solid game flow to force Seattle to throw the ball. And mm-hmm. it's bad weather. They're so the Niners are so good against the run. I'm not sure that Walker's going to get much going. Give me Geno interception at minus 150.
0: No, I like that play too. I think, like I said, we think it's a well. I think it's a really defensive game on both sides. Oh, we think ball.
1: it's going to be ugly. I just think the Niners will yeah. be able to do enough on the ground to win by double digits.
0: All righty, here next prop on the board, and we I'm going with. Travis Etienne, give me Travis Etienne over 97 and a half rushing and receiving yards. So I'm taking both. And it's just more of, I trust him on the ground, but I think that he can, they can use him in the passing game. I think they will use Etienne a lot. Like I think this is going to feature Etienne, especially something that Lawrence is more comfortable in and probably the biggest game he's, well, I don't know. National championship might be pretty bigger than these uh, playoff games right now, but. Definitely the biggest game of his NFL career. I think that you could see a good number of checkdowns to ETN, who's a shifty guy out there. Uh, You could see some screens. You look at what the Chargers do. They are one of the worst run defenses in the league over the course of the season. They've given up (laughs) 103 last week to Latavius Murray. You can call that what you want, but that's pretty much been a staple of where they've been all year. They've given up 123 rushing, just rushing. This is rushing alone over to Cam Akers. Uh Zach Moss had 65 in a game where he barely got he got 12 touches in that game. They weren't never really in the game, they were passing to keep keep up. And you look kind of down the line: Henry, Mostert, Josh Jacobs, freaking uh James Connor, go Isaiah Pacheco. Like everybody here has a good rushing day against mm-hmm. the Chargers. I'm just taking the receiving aspect because I know that I can go out there and see ETN take a couple of screens. The next thing you know, he has 50 plus yards receiving as well. So I like my chances with that to get both of them. I like it in case it is more of a receiving day for him instead of a rushing day. I like Travis Etienne to have a big game. So I'm going with 97 and a half
1: yeah he's definitely explosive so he could generate 60 yards at any given play and you could be basically dead in the water and then he breaks one and suddenly you go from dead to winning in the span of about 20 seconds so yeah i definitely can understand your angle there i thought about ETN decided not to instead i'm going to take a play from the same game i'm going to take Keenan Allen i'm going to take him over 73 and a half receiving yards at around minus 114 you go through the numbers and Keenan when healthy has been an absolute monster. The issue is he's never healthy, but now he is. So to go through the recent games that Keenan has played in, these are the receiving yards. 102, 60, 104, 86, 92, 88. So he's had at least 86 receiving yards in five of his last six games, including two touchdowns against Denver in Week 18. Jacksonville, I like their defense, but I really have questions about the secondary, and I'm still not impressed by their secondary. With Mike Williams being banged up, I do think that Herbert's going to go back to a security blanket with Keenan, who's still a phenomenal route runner. Like I don't think Jacksonville can stop him, but 73.5 for a guy that's had at least 86 and five of the last six, I think is too short. Give me the over. I think Keenan has a chance to go for a hundo.
0: Yeah, I like that. All right. Last prop on the board. Um, uh, man, I mean, I I think it's, it's kind of juiced, but I feel oh, no, I'm not gonna do that. I was gonna go uh, Austin Eckler just to score a touchdown. So in case anybody was wondering what I was thinking of.
1: adding, What's that, the price on that? Like minus 120 or something? Minus 150. It's oh, 150. Kind of okay. Yeah, right. it's
0: at minus 150. But I think it's like, you know, decent. But I'm ultimately going to just come back. And go to what I originally wanted to play. And that was just take Christian McCaffrey over on his rushing yards. It felt very chalky. It felt like I didn't. I kind of didn't want to go there, but. Christian, like, if you're if you're just thinking about you having a rookie, you're on your third string quarterback at this point in the season. You have Mister Irrelevant, and and he is a rookie starting quarterback in his first playoff game. You're not going to want to give that by the guy the ball too many times. Like, you're going to want to trust Christian McCaffrey, who you traded for halfway through the season, to help and take you all the way. Plus, you have Elijah Mitchell in the background. Like, I I think they're going to run the ball over thirty plus times in this game. And I think
1: I think, it's, I think reason, it might be north of 40, to be honest.
0: Yeah. Like in the I bad
1: like, weather, too. I think they're going to run the ball all the time in this game.
0: It, I just I was really sitting there like, man, is 74 and a half. Like, is that too easy? Like, is that too easy for McCaffrey? Is Mitchell going to eat into that? Like, what is it that they got this so low? And I think they just got it wrong. I think Christian McCaffrey has a day where he's just effective running the ball. You know, you could have those stretches where he just has 10 plus run, 10 plus run, 10 plus run, like here after that. So, yeah, CMC over 40, 74 and a half. Like, it just seems a little too easy, but I'm just going to trust the numbers. I'm going to just trust the numbers. He's going to get there.
1: I initially had the same play as you. And I was wondering why it was so low. And I wasn't sure if they were trying to maybe anticipate Debo and Mitchell or maybe even Jordan Mason or somebody else getting some touches. I actually ended up pivoting a little bit. I got Mitchell over 36 and a half rushing yards and minus 115. Uh, He's had at least 41 yards in four of his last five games. Uh, I'm not going to, it's kind of the same situation as Keenan, where based on where the price is or the yards are for the prop. He goes over all the time. The issue is he's never healthy. So you kind of have to wonder what his role is going to be. But we saw Mitchell play limited number of snaps against Arizona, and he was very good. He had 55 yards and a touchdown. Uh, You're looking at Seattle allowing 150.2 rushing yards per game, which is the third most in the league. But I do think with McCaffrey being questionable this week in practice, and he's questionable in practice all the time. I mean, we know that McCaffrey, they're trying to keep healthy. I don't think there's any concerns about that. But I do think if the Niners want to fully double down on the ground game with bad weather, Mitchell might get a lot of work as the physical runner, and I think he could break one. He had a 37-yarder last week, so he could potentially break in on one carry. We saw Jordan Mason break one against Seattle in that Thursday night game where he ended up almost scoring a touchdown, but he went over on that carry. I think 36 and a half is pretty low for a guy who – Had a pretty strong role there, even with McCaffrey on the team before Mitchell got hurt. I think Mitchell might get 10 carries maybe in this game. And I think that for him to go for 40 or like even 37 rushing yards, it's very low. I'm going to go, I'm going to take the over with Mitchell. I like him as a player. I think this number's too low. All
0: right. No. Before we get into our. DFS lineup. Got to talk to you about Underdog Fantasy because if you haven't already, you should really go sign up and, and draft in their playoff best ball. Same thing as the regular season. It's a playoff best ball gauntlet with a million dollars in prizes up for grab. Plus, you have t- a ton of daily games in NFL and NHL. Use promo code SGP in at UnderdogFantasy.com and you'll get a hundred percent deposit match up to hundred dollars when you sign up. That is underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. All right, Scott. Let's kick things off. We got a million-dollar lineup to give out.
1: In case anybody's concerned, we will not spend that much time on the DFS because we've covered the entire game and the props, and we're going to go through it. We're going to be a little bit detailed, but probably quicker than usual, right?
0: Yeah, for the most part.
1: Yeah, okay. All
0: right, my quarterback is Trevor Lawrence. I'm going with Goldilocks because... I I did, I don't trust Harbert I don't trust Staley to trust Herbert, honestly, and I think that for Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson this is a good spot to settle him in, and just do things that he's comfortable with do things that he's easy with this, uh, Chargers de- this Chargers team just as a whole I think is banged up. And performs under expectations. Like, they underachieve on the defensive side of the ball. So I think there's an opportunity where if the pass rush is on that game, Trevor Lawrence can get it done on the ground. I think that he can get it done through the air. And either checking the ball down. He can even, he even goes downfield. And he has options to go downfield with. Like, I think Marvin Jones, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, like, all those are really good downfield targets for this Chargers secondary that they can exploit. And they had a really good game the first time around. So, I mean, hopefully they can repeat some of that magic. I see the questionable tag on them. I like that, too. So, yeah, give me Trevor Lawrence and my quarterback slot.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to spend much time. I got the same guy. I got Lawrence as well.
0: All right. What are you doing for running back?
1: So, for running back, I was going to take one stud, and I was going to go with one cheap option. I wanted to pivot off of McCaffrey, which is going to be very, very risky. But you know everybody's going to have McCaffrey. Yes. He's he's going to be on pretty much every roster. So I'm trying to pivot out. I'm going to go with Austin Eckler. Uh, you mentioned him to potentially score a touchdown at minus 150. He's been an absolute machine. There's kind of a misnomer about what the Chargers have been doing in the red zone, and you automatically assume Eckler's a smaller body. They're going to let Kelly or somebody else get some rushing touchdowns. You know what the touchdown breakdown is, by the way, for the running backs for touchdowns for the Chargers this year? What? Eckler's got 13 rushing touchdowns. Kelly is two. <laughs> like it's it's not close. Like people think that Eckler's a small body, so they won't give him the ball. They do, and that was the case last year. They gave Roundtree a bunch of carries last year. I hated it because I had Eckler on my fantasy team. But this year they've actually let Eckler cook. And Jacksonville, I do think they're they're okay against the run. But I think that Eckler is going to be involved in the pass game. It's mostly pivoting off of McCaffrey, who I know is going to be owned by probably half the people. I'm going to mm-hmm. take Eckler instead.
0: All right. Uh, I have Eckler as well. Anyone. Yeah. So I'll just go ahead and let them know I have Eckler. My other one. Did you also take Travers McCaffrey CTN. or you
1: also pivoted with the same logic? No, I
0: pivoted. I didn't go McCaffrey. I went Travis Etienne. Okay. And that's more of just because I think that whether it's receiving, whether it's on the ground, I think Travis Etienne can have a really good day. Uh, I've I told you that this, there's some soft holes in this uh, Chargers defense that I think that they can exploit, and Travis Etienne is going to be one of those opportunities to be able to do that. So I took him as my second running back.
1: Uh, I was going to consider that too, but I kind of stayed away from Etienne. Sometimes mm-hmm. his workload is just inconsistent, which annoys me. They had a little bit pass happy at times, but I ended up going for the budget option. I fully pivoted off of McCaffrey. I got Elijah Mitchell as my Mm -hmm. second running back at 5,500. I think he's going to score a rushing touchdown in this game. I think he's a great low budget option with a decent chance to score a touchdown because we know the Niners love to use him in the red zone. And he had a touchdown last week. We know that Seattle's awful against the run. You could get good game flow, and maybe you see Mitchell get more carries in the fourth quarter with them trying to keep McCaffrey healthy if the game gets out of reach. I think Mitchell at 5,500 is a bargain. If he goes for 50 yards and a touchdown, that's still 11 points. Like That's still a solid performance. I'll take him at 5,500.
0: So I actually have a large so I put him in a flex. Okay. So I normally – I typically go wide receiver in a flex, but I just kind of didn't like the wide receivers in this slate, to be honest. like I thought that – I was overextending myself too much adding an extra wide receiver, but Mitchell was a cheap alternative to Christian McCaffrey to be a little conservative, uh contrarian. And I think having a running back in the flex position is a little bit contrarian. So I, I did have Mitchell in my lineup, actually. Uh, wide receiver. I think we both got him. I don't think it needs any time. Keenan Allen.
1: Yeah, of course.
0: Yep. Okay. So we both got him. Do you have Lockett?
1: Uh, I originally did. And then I ended up taking him out.
0: I, I kept Lockett in there just because of the He's been really good, man. I think he's been like one of the best kept, best kept secrets because there was one stretch where he had like six straight games with a touchdown. This oh,
1: game. he's been incredible. Like the, the issue I ran into is if I used Lockett, I don't know what the salaries are on the platform you're using, but I basically ran out of salary and I had to oh, move okay. some things around. So I, I originally know. had him there, but I decided to get rid of him and try to piece together an extreme weakness in another position.
0: All right, what's your second wide receiver?
1: Uh, Christian Kirk, Okay. Uh, who I think is really in line for a great game here. I know the Chargers are awful against the run, but I do think it's a good stack option with Lawrence. They paid him a bunch of money in the offseason. He fully delivered. He got himself the incentive in that week 18 game against Tennessee, and he also should have had a touch. It was he he got overthrown in the end zone. or That was who who did Lawrence overthrow on the third down play? I don't remember if that was Kirk or Zay Jones, but the point is that Kirk had a great game and he had a touchdown. He had basically 100 yards. I think he's in line for a great game because of how much Lawrence trusts him. I said before, Zay Jones has kind of been non-existent since his three touchdown game against the Cowboys. Mm -hmm. I think Kirk's in line for a very good game. Give me Christian Kirk.
0: I actually have Kirk as my third wide receiver, so you can go back to back. But Okay. Yeah, Lockett, stack, Lockett stack. scared me off
1: because of the weather. The weather yeah. concern, I think, made me take him out.
0: Oh, yeah, that is a good point. All right. Uh, Kirk, Atn are my two stacks with Lawrence. What's your third wide receiver?
1: <laughs> I went with Marvin Jones, Uh, who, oh. once again, I tried to stay away from Zay, who I like as a player, but he's really been non-existent in some of the biggest games of the season. So I feel like Jacksonville's kind of pivoting away from him a bit. Now, Marvin Jones plays about 50-something percent of the snaps, so there might be a little bit of a workload concern, but he's still a veteran on a young team making their playoff debuts for basically the entire roster or most of the roster. I think Marvin Jones in a good spot to find an opening in the red zone, catch a touchdown. It's 5,500, so it's a low-budget option, but I want to stick with a Lauren stack because we like the over in that game. We think there's going to be a bunch of points. So I'll go with another stack option, a wide receiver. Give me Marvin Jones. So if Zay Jones scores touchdown, he's going to kill me by himself, but I'm going to try to take that gamble and hope the other receivers step up.
0: All right. That's it for wide receivers. Tight end. I went Joe to Everett. So I went cheap at tight end, but Everett, like Everett could sneakily have a two touchdown game with just how much that Jacksonville gives up to the tight end position, how much he's actually used in that offense. And if Mike Williams, is not a go? Like if Mike Williams does not play in this game, I think that opens up more for Everett, like even more for Everett, more opportunity, more targets, more everything. So I'm, I am I, thought that Everett was a pretty nice, cheap side to go with this game. So yeah, I'm on Jared Everett.
1: Yeah, so I also had Everett. So not going to spend much time on it. Touchdown and back-to-back weeks. I said before, I mentioned him his first touchdown score. So I think he's got a good chance to score. Yeah, um, I'm going with him as well.
0: All right. I already have Mitchell in my flex. Who is your flex player?
1: Uh, just to annoy you. Uh, not actually, but I still am going to pick him. I'm going with Evan Ingram. Uh, he was awful last again. week. Yeah, I'm going tight end again. I, I'm trying to once again, I'm trying to find a unique wrinkle to my lineup. And I think that taking two tight ends with the Lawrence flags, I got a bunch. I got a I, uh, with the Lawrence stack. I mean, I got a bunch of Jacksonville weapons with Lawrence. So if Lawrence ends up having a terrible game, I'm screwed. But I think Ingram's got a decent matchup here. He still gets a ton of volume and actual targets. So I do think that Lawrence is going to look his way. People keep pivoting more to ETN in the ground game, which I understand. But we're expecting points again. A lot of touchdowns to go around. I'll take Ingram. I think that he's got a decent matchup.
0: All right. And for my defense, I went back to Seattle, ugly game, ugly weather, opportunistic defense, good head coach. It just feels like and they're getting stars back in that defense. I think that it just feels like a good spot where I can fade a rookie quarterback and get some cheap, easy points with the cheapest defense on the board. So I went with Seattle.
1: I went with San Francisco. I decided to lay it with the most with the best defense. I thought about maybe Jacksonville for the defensive touchdown angle, but that's a little bit too risky because we're expecting a lot of points in that game. Seattle scored less than 14 points in each of the two regular season meetings. 49ers should have had a defensive touchdown last game. Once again, got robbed there. Geno's minus 150 to throw a pick. And Seattle's offensive line, not great. So I went with the Niners because there's really a chance they just absolutely dominate. And look looked like the 85 Bears. Like, there's a chance that happened. So, I went with the Niners. All right. And I have 400 salary left over.
0: Hey, wow, Scott, I had $400, too. Let's That's go. crazy. All right. Run my team back one more time. Trevor Lawrence, Austin Eckler, Travis Etienne, Keenan Allen, Christian Kirk, Tyler Lockett, Jared Everett, Elijah Mitchell, Seattle Seahawks defense. And you had?
1: I have Lawrence. I have Eckler and Mitchell. I have Allen, Kirk, and Jones Jr. I have Everett and Ingram, and I have Niners defense.
0: All right. Let's looky here. It's time for locking anytime touchdown. For my lock, I'm not going to get cute. Give me Jacksonville plus two. Give me Jacksonville plus two to get it done. For my. Touchdown score. Oh, man. I lost my page. I'm sorry. All right, here we go. I want to go with. Oh, man. Okay.
1: Well, first of all, is there one game in particular you're targeting?
0: That's what I'm trying to figure out. I guess I, I feel like you're pivoting to the
1: Chargers game because we're expecting a lot of I was trying to go to the game.
0: other game because I didn't want to get both plays out in one game, but I'm kind of, I just keep leading back over to that game. And plus, we think it's a lot of points that's going to be scored.
1: I have both plays on the Niners game, so we can just trade off.
0: All right, great. That's cool. That makes me feel better about it. All right, Jared Everett, plus 280.
1: Okay. So for mine, I'm going to take Seattle team total under 16 and a half. Bad weather. Uh, Niners are great against the run. I think it's going to be a pretty hideous game of football. And even with your prediction, you had San Francisco, like 17 to 10, 17, 13. So I think 16 and a half is too high. So give me Seattle team total under 16 and a half as my lock. And for my touchdown score, I think it's a bargain. Elijah Mitchell plus 275. I think that's a steal. The Niners are going to run the ball a lot in this game. They like to be physical. Mitchell's our most physical running back they have Plus 275, he scored a touchdown last week in his first game back in about a month and a half. 275? Like I think that's a steal. Give me Mitchell sure. at that price.
0: All right, anything else for people before we get up out of here?
1: No, it should be fun. Uh, looking forward to the Super Wild Card Weekend Extravaganza, super. whatever you want to call it. Should be fun. we we'll are back again next week to go through the divisional round. Looking forward to it.
0: San Diego Super Chargers. If y'all have never met um Decker in person, you gotta ask him to do it in person. It's actually really, really hilarious. All right. He's at Russia Radio met Really Real underscore underscore uh we will be back next week maybe possibly we got the
1: nba week. show on friday so we yeah, got that. i mean
0: yeah we got nba so you know we will catch us some nba but in terms of here we will maybe possibly be i i have no idea ask moon off y'all if y'all want to know if we're going to be back ask Moon off at moon off at sports 824 and ask them are we going to be back next week i don't know uh I assume we are. I'm definitely gonna be back when the Giants win. I'm, I don't care whose show I'm on. I'm I'll, leaving I'll, here I'll with something. Somebody's show, yeah. I'm leaving here with something for sure, 100. All All right. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the NFL Game Podcast. On YouTube, subscribe to us where you listen to your podcast. Leave a review on Apple, Spotify. Hey, follow us SGPN NFL on Twitter. Other than that, I really don't have anything else to say. Nothing left to do. The Giants are gonna make a I'm Try to let you know. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to say. it.